I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Here's your host, Adam Taylor. We mentioned this on the last episode, but we didn't really dive too much into it. This week's Computer Games Week for SB Nation. If you've been watching, I've been taking a whooping on NBA 2K at the hands of Tom West from Liberty Ballers. I'm very sad about this. It's a very sore subject. My pride is hurt. My ego is torn to shreds. I feel quite low, but I've agreed that we're still going to talk some basketball. I'm joined by Tim Shields and Mr. Wayne Patrick Brown, or as we like to call him, Wayne Breezy. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great, man. Welcome. Well, I'm, I'm just good to be back. You know what I'm saying? It's good to be back. Absolutely, man. Doing good. Doing good. So the topic of this episode is we're just going to talk computer games. We're going to go through all the basketball joints we played growing up, our likes and dislikes, and then we're just going to touch on any other games we're playing. So expect a lot of Madden discussion going on from Mr. Wayne over here. <laughs> Let's so go. So what NBA games did you guys play growing up, man? Was there any like niche ones that you kind of found that weren't too popular? Or I think mainly everyone was playing like NBA Street. I used to play NBA Street 2 a lot. That was one that we played pretty frequently. Uh, Non-NBA-based like basketball games, I really, really liked Mario Hoops 3-on-3. Three three. That was on DS, so that was another one that I played a lot. Other than that, I mean, I guess like any of the Wii Sports, so like they had like the Wii Sports Resort, so you could do like a three-point contest, so like that one was kind of cool, but that was pretty much my basis for at least basketball games growing up. I mean, outside of like playing the occasional game at NBA Live, mainly it was 2K. All right, so I'm about to show my age, right? Because cause Tim just kind of like told us he a young buck. All right, so I'm going to take us back to Double Dribble on Nintendo. And this was the greatest basketball game at the time. It was the greatest basketball game. The game was so good. It, this is when Spud Webb used to play basketball. So if you guys remember Spud Webb, like it goes, it dates that far back. And I remember it was like so, you know, playing on an 8-bit system on NES, it, it, it was the best that they had. And the dunk simulation was amazing because if you got Spud Webb's dunk right or if you got Dominique Wilkins' dunk right, the joint, like, transitioned into a, a, a screen and it and, and it showed a picture of Spud Webb doing the dunk like a, a, like a basketball card. And then it went back to the game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So for me, it started with double dribble. And then as I kept progressing with systems, I, obviously I'm a Nintendo guy, but I have, I have my Genesis. So I had, I had Sega. So, so when I got my Sega Genesis, you know, kind of, I didn't want Nintendo people to know that I had a Genesis, but I had one. And I don't know if y'all remember Bulls versus Lakers and Lakers versus Lakers versus Celtics. This was before the, the, the NBA live games kicked off, right? Now, those were your regular simulation basketball games. But if you go arcade mode, I could go deeper. Because before Street, bro, there was NBA Jam. He's on fucking up. Like, it was though. It was that game. Now, I probably spent $1 billion at the arcade playing that joint, thinking I could beat NBA Jam. And I don't even think you could beat the game at the arcade. But it was that fun. And then it finally came onto the gaming systems. And it's funny because on the gaming system, I don't think I played it a lot because I wanted to play with full teams. So it was NBA Jam. And then, you know, you switch over and finally NBA Live comes out. And then it's 2K. You know what I'm saying? And uh, 2K just kind of like put live out of business. And it's crazy because the last live that dropped, y'all, 
and I'ma shut up. But the last live that dropped, the graphics were amazing. I was like, yo, they had the women in the game before the before 2K did. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, I gotta get it. It was so bad of a game, they offered it off for free. EA Sports gave it out for free if you had like that EA Access joint. I think I played it like a half of once, and then I went back to 2K. I because everybody on 2K, like I, that's just what it is. So th that would be a basketball timeline for me, bro. Like that—that's what it was, man. Double dribble all the way up to 2K. I wish there was more of a market there, a more competitive market, because I feel like with 2K, I love 2K. I do. I don't. But co competitive market always just makes the product better. Adam, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I started playing basketball simulation games on the Sega Mega Drive. I'm a little bit old too. Uh, NBA Live Night, NBA Jam 98. I don't know if you guys remember that one, where the uh, the ball used to set on fire when you was on when you was catching heat. You could do some crazy dunks. But the one game, and I've spoke about this before on this podcast as well. The one game that I grew up loving, and to this day, if I could play, I would was the Space Jam Mega Drive game. Did any of you guys play Space Jam? Where you could play as the monsters in the fishbowl. You could play as Michael Jordan, make his arms stretch. Yo, and then like you go onto the NBA streets, NBA lives, then back onto 2K, as you guys said. My biggest issue with 2K is because there's no competitive market, they continually put out a buggy version of the game. It's never complete by the time it comes out. There's always issues. Uh, this year, people's accounts were disappearing for days on end at the beginning, and they patch it as they go through. If it was massive patches, massive right off the bat. If it was a competitive market, you're not doing that. You can't get away with that. How can you put out a subpar game when game X has put it out perfectly first time? You're going to lose people. Absolutely. I think that's the problem with most sports games. It's the same thing with FIFA too. Like uh, for FIFA, they used What's to FIFA? be PES. <laughs> it, Adam is the only British dude we know who hates soccer, or as the Brits call it, football. I'm English, so, not British. <laughs> okay, okay, English, <laughs> English. So, but with that market too, it's, it's the same problem that they have. So there's no competitive market for those games. So they can just keep churning out the same product. <laughs> of people's reactions to the 2K trailer they had for PS5 was like 2K21 more sweat that's <laughs> just like how all of those games end up happening it's like yeah the graphics are better because you can see more sweat and the guys look more tired i don't know it's the same thing with fifa though with the professional i think it was pro evolution soccer and i think they still make it but it doesn't it, it doesn't have the same access so it, as opposed to like a 2k where you have all of the rosters and now you have WNBA as well like Pro Evolution Soccer only has certain rosters or certain leagues and doesn't have all of the licensing agreements for all of them. So Yeah, I uh, remember growing yeah. up, going to my boy's house, we used to have Pro Evolution Wars, dude. There'd be like eight of us waiting, winner stays on. Who can stay on all night long used to be like the biggest contest. Pro I remember when you got, everyone's heard of David Beckham, right? Oh, so yeah. Ba back in yeah. like 2004, 2003, on Pro Evolution Soccer, it was David Beckham. Because they, they didn't have the naming rights. So Ryan Giggs was Ryan Griggs. Um, it was just Cristiano Ronaldo was like Cristiano Ponio. That was something like crazy. I wonder if that was because of licensing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they had no licensing. That's what it was. A very was. big soccer management game, football manager it's called. Do you guys heard of that? No. You simulate it from a manager's side. It's usually a PC platform game. 
but they got sued for a ton of money at the end of last season because they and they've all they've been around for probably longer than FIFA at this point. This game has very wow. popular in Europe, very very popular in Europe. Juventus from Italy sued them because they were using Juventus's name and they didn't have explicit permission. And then during this pandemic, Manchester United, who have lost loads of money for the global advertising schemes, have decided to sue that company too because you're using our name without permission. So, But this game's been doing it for 30 years, if not more. So using these licensing as a way to kind of claw back your revenue, one thing, but now that game's never going to be the same. With, With that kind of thing too, I remember way back when, I can't remember which iteration uh, of the NBA game it was. I don't think it was NBA Jam. There was a version of an NBA basketball game back in like the mid to late 90s that didn't have Michael Jordan's approval for him to be in the game. So they had a player that was like him, but it wasn't him. Like he wasn't on the roster. They do the same thing with a lot of, with Madden too, especially if a player or a coach doesn't approve their likeness being used in a game. They can't have them in the game, so they just won't. It usually happens with coaches. The most, I think the biggest profile one I can think of is Bill Belichick, I think for the longest time. And I don't know if it still is the case because I don't play Madden. We can transition over to that because I know Wayne's going to be on that. But with with Madden, for the longest time, you didn't have Bill Belichick as a coach. Like They show the coach on the sidelines, and it's clearly not Bill Belichick. It's just like a random dude with a visor on. They <laughs> Everything. And it's... It's weird to me that for sports, that is such a big deal for them to not give approval. And it, it seems to be a thing that happens pretty frequently. So companies kind of have to toe that line and worry about it because as Adam was talking about with all of that in um, soccer manager, football manager, people can get sued for literally anything, especially when it comes to intellectual property. Yeah, so I started playing Madden like um, I've got a gaming, gaming PC. Uh, but I'm not, and I love my gaming PC. I'm not going to lie. And I, I downloaded Madden 2020. I downloaded that like the other day. That's kind of fun, man. I'm playing that my QB be be the star. Is it Wayne? Is that what it's called this year? Yeah, they're they're trying. Matt Madden is trying to do what 2K has been doing for the past, you know, seven or eight years. They're trying to get that, you know, that you know, simulation mode where you start off as a high school player or a college player or whatnot. Um, and it's actually pretty fun. You know, you get your, you get your card. If you finish well, I think you start off as the 87 or something like that. And, and if you play ultimate team Madden, you become one of the players in ultimate team Madden. So it's a pretty cool thing. Um, they still got some stuff they need to get right when it comes to that. Um, but again, you know, they're modeling it off of what 2K is doing with their my player mode. You know what I'm saying? So, um, if you could get into it. It's pretty fun, yo. Definitely pretty fun. I did want to, I, I did try to look up what Tim was talking about. Like, Jordan wasn't in a few games. Like, he wasn't in NBA Live. He wasn't in, um, uh, shoot, what was we just talking NBA Jam? He wasn't in that. Now, remember the Bulls with Scottie Pippen, uh, BJ Armstrong, and Horace Grant? Like, I, like, where's Jordan? Nah, man, he wasn't having it. And, and, and it was basically because Jordan wanted the game. Dang, Jordan was a monster. He wanted the games to be based off of like who he like you know built around him, and I guess they just wasn't having it uh, or, or whatnot. But yeah, back to the Madden man. It's a fun mode, um, um, Adam. So you should have fun with it, yo. Yeah, I was, um, I've just been trying to do those challenges. I'm at that point um, where it's preseason and they're saying like you need to 
throw for X amount of yards in the first quarter to progress and get more playing time in the next preseason game. I threw, I think the first one was 50 yards in the first quarter. You've got to have throwing. So I threw for like 180 in a touchdown, mm. which as a guy that doesn't know too much about football, I was very proud of myself. I'm still learning the defense when to call an audible, when to go zone, when to go blitz. I'm still kind of figuring it out, but I like it because it's making me read up on NFL defenses and NFL offensive schemes. Yeah, so man. At least understand, you know. Here, here's here's my suggestion, dude. Pick a team that you think you might like. So if it's the 49ers, I can tell you what type of defense they run and learn it. Like learn the wide not the wide nine. And learn and learn the different the different defensive sets out of that one formation. Like you could like it's four three wide nine, and you could switch different players. And once you start knowing your players and who can do what and what they're good at, the thing I like about Madden and um um two uh, K is that you know during the live seasons, the players either progress or they what digress or regress, whatever the word is. Like they have to get better or they get worse, depending on how well they do throughout the season. So if they get injured, <laughs> they get removed off the roster. And I kind I really love that. And the reason why I love something like that is because it makes the game as realistic as possible. So it sucks if your star player is injured, but it makes it super fair, especially when you're playing in an online league. You know what I'm saying? Like it makes it super fair because the majority of people are on. That's a whole nother monster we can talk about. Like the, the online, the 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 the, the um, franchise mode in Madden. Listen, woo! It's a beast. I you know I just know how to play Madden. Franchise mode is a whole nother thing. You better know how to GM. You better know how to own and play Madden. So you gotta. It's like you gotta know when to get rid of players. You gotta know how to build players. It's a whole nother market. Like if it's a it's it's a whole nother world on the internet, yo. We ultimate team is a world, franchise mode is a world, regular Madden is a world. Like it's just three different worlds of football, and it's a whole nother monster, yo. I I could get to the playoffs every year in my online league. I lose every year to somebody because they just I don't want to say they be cheating. They just be cheating. <laughs> I love that outlook. <laughs> um, so outside of sports games, what are you guys playing these days? Like if we really want to go back to computer games and I want to go back to like old school games, what did you guys play on PC? Because for the longest time, my dad actually worked in the computer sales business. So he at, at points in time were playing when I was really, really little, he was playing like the original dooms, the Wolfensteins, the quakes. So he worked for a company that sold a product called Spaceball. Now, for those who aren't familiar with it, Spaceball is basically like just, just this massive ball with a couple buttons on the side of it. And what it was originally used for was for like 3D modeling. So you'd be, let's say you render a architectural stuff, so like a blueprint in a computer. The Spaceball would allow you to go through and like look at it and everything and go around and basically spin the model in like a three-dimensional way and look at everything that was actually being utilized by people to play video games. Um, so it's, that's actually become like a part of modern day. Some people will still use that for gaming, but he worked for a company that sold that stuff. So he used that for Quake and stuff. And one of the games that we used to play all the time, have you ever heard of Chex Quest? So it's basically like a kid friendly version of like the Wolfenstein games or the Quake games. And it was a free game that came with Chex Serial and they just made like a remaster of it. And they made it like available on Steam, so I used to play that all the time when I was a kid. Chex Quest. Chex Quest. 
I I'm not a big computer gamer. Like I I I I'm as old as I can go back to Commodore 64 and and when Apple first introduced their thing, they didn't have games on their systems. Um but I remember playing Pong and stuff like that. I mean, Atari like I, I just was never a computer gamer. I couldn't get into it, and I'm glad that I didn't because it's expensive as hell. Because I teach students that are computer gamers, and let me tell you, yo, they'll be like, yo, Mr. Brown, man, don't, don't buy that, yo. I, give me five hundred dollars, I'll build you a system. I'm like, hmm, let me, and they, they really know what they're talking about. Like that, the, as far as RAM, as far as the chips, the processing, they can really build systems. And I'm like, man, I just don't know why I can't get into computer gaming. It, it's expensive. Probably, is expensive and it's, it's a money pit but it's probably 10 times better right i mean my buddy yeah. built a built one and it's crazy adam so, you've got one right yeah my wife bought me um a gaming pc and a gaming laptop for my 30th um that run us close to a deposit on a mortgage dang <laughs> got um, a, yeah you got a robot yeah it's uh they're both like really high performance the one thing i will say is that they're great in terms of graphics, in terms of you can do a lot with them. So like GTA on a PC is just phenomenal because people spend time developing mods. So you can be the Hulk running around GTA, just smashing things up or Godzilla. But when you're playing something like 2K or NFL or whatever it may be that's sports related, there's no better, con there's no comparison. PlayStation win hands down just because there's more of an online community. You don't really get too many PC gamers buying 2K. So I did it last season, uh, 18 to 19, 2K19. I got that on PC and the park was never full. Like you couldn't play your my player on the park. Wow. So did they even have like cross compatibility with that. Like, could you cross play with people? No, dude. Like they were talking about doing it between PC and Xbox because they're both Microsoft. Yeah, that would be easy. It just never came to fruition. But I've never, like, um, I like 2K. I'm a My Team guy, uh, which is probably why I'm getting whooped so bad at the moment because I'm not used to playing with the Celtics roster. Yeah. <laughs> outside, of, outside of that, but going back, like, way, way, way back, I used to play uh, a little bit of FIFA because that's what my boys were playing. M myself, personally, there was a game called Team Buddies. Did anyone ever play that? No. So that was like a strategy war game, but it was funny, man, because they used to curse each other, right? These little characters did. So it was like a cross between Worms and Call of Duty. But when you were killing them, they were cursing you out, like 18 level language, but it was a PG game. <laughs> it was really funny. So I used to play that. I used to play Commandos. Uh, that was another strategy game. And I used to play Command and Conquer. They were usually my go-tos, like strategy war games. Now I'm older, I can't stand war games. I'll never touch Call of Duty. It's not my thing. Battlefield is mm -hmm. not my thing. I'm more, you'll catch me on UFC. I like, I, like to, I like to teach my character the moves I use when I'm at the gym training. <laughs> so then I can be like, I could do that. That's actually me. And then you take it online <laughs> and someone whoops you and you're like, oh, I'm not good enough in real life. That's why you whoop me. Uh, it's one of those things, man. Computer games is fun. And like I've got the setup to play pretty much any game that comes out. But it feels like, programmers have got a little bit lazy with the cut with the game i'm looking forward to the last of us too yeah for sure that looks, that looks really good but i'm more so looking forward to not getting my my booty whooped <laughs> at 2k because getting whooped <laughs> twice on twitch is a is a very sad sad time all right well let's hop on some my team 
Let's have at it. <laughs> we're gonna head to break, and then when we come back, we're gonna switch it up a little bit because Wayne's quite happy. He had a bit of a take the last episode on Wednesday around Tremont Waters, and then some news dropped today. Wayne's smiling right now, big smile. So we're definitely gonna get to that. NBA G League Rookie of the Year, Tremont Waters. Wayne, man, I saw you put some out on uh, social media earlier. Very happy with yourself. Let us hear it. I, I, it's not that I'm happy with myself. I'm happy for this kid, man. Do you look, man? I um, you know, this, he's he's from my hometown, and I mean, he went through a lot this past season. You know, he lost his father, um, which is like he lost his father, who who who, you know, pretty much died about seven minutes from my house so it, it's 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 something about him man it's something that I, I i love about his tenacity i love i love that he's able to find ways to to block out the the, the noise the haters the you know you're too short you're too this you're never you won't be able to do this you should have stayed in college you you should there's so much negativity that he had to find a way to block it and on top of that he loses his dad like mid you know mid uh, before mid season of his NBA rookie season and he and he was balling out dude he was killing the G League I, I got I, I almost questioned the G League like how there's got to be some good players in the G League, right? Some some good players have come out the G League, right? Because he was dominating the G League. Like it's, he would come to the NBA, put up some good numbers, decent numbers, you know, for a rookie. It's not like he had a lot of minutes unless they really needed him. He didn't get too many shots because we were pretty much full squad at his position. But when he came in, it was just like, oh, ball movement. Thank you, God. Yes, move the ball. Yes. And then he would take a shot. Right and and sometimes it'd go in, sometimes it wouldn't, and it was so cool. Then he go back to the G League and just like, yo, I'm the Jordan in the G League, but with no cockiness. He just did it. I maybe maybe some of the other players should go down back to the G League just to get their their NBA bones working or something like that because clearly he has the he has the the science he has it figured out, man. And I can't wait till the 2021 2020 2021 season. You know, when this kid gets called up and Brad Wanamaker clearly goes bye-bye and he comes in and fills a slot. No disrespect to Brad. You were cool, but you we got somebody. I think it's going to be interesting to see what we see from Waters to give him a chance out there to really get some minutes under his belt. I think, I think we see Carson Edwards more likely than not once we actually get back into a full season and the G League's back in effect. I can see him getting more minutes down in the G League trying to develop. So I think the big thing we talked about in the last pod is Tremont Waters has that natural ability, that natural ability to play point guard. And you watch his highlight tape that they have for that G League MVP. Um, you see some of the moves he pulls, man. Just that stop and go. That He's just so crafty with the ball. He plays with a lot of energy. He finds his teammates. So there's a lot to like with his play style. And I really, really, really want to see him get a role with this team. And seeing what he could do in the playoffs, too. Granted, as a rookie, there's a lot of pressure there, so I don't want to have him get thrown into the fire, thrown to the wolves, but give him a little bit of a chance to show off what he's got. Because he clearly, with that G League MVP, I don't want to jinx it because Abdul Nader got the same thing and he's not with Boston anymore, but he has a chance to carve out a good role. And Abdul Nader, to his credit, carved out a role with OKC. So who knows? Maybe we've got something nice with Waters. 
you know, to that point, Mark D'Amico put something out around about what it actually means to be named Rookie of the Year in the GB. So I'm just reading from what he put out. Five of the last six G League Rookie of the Year winners, including two who won the award as members of the Red Claws, went on to earn full NBA contracts shortly after winning the award. The most recent winner is Angel Delgado, is the exception as he chose to head overseas for his payday. The list of success stories begins with Robert Covington. We all know very well how good Robert Covington is as a free and big guy. I like, I like Covington. I hate him, but I like his play. He went on to start 340 games, bro. Wow. Coming from the G League, Tim Frazier, Abdul Nader won uh, 2015 and 2017, both with Maine. Are both important role players for their NBA teams ever since. Quinn Cook won it and then helped the Warriors win a title in 2018. It goes on. The 2018 winner, Antonio Blakeney, signed with Chicago last season before heading overseas. So that should show you the NBA team's value players that win that award. Thank you. Tremont's yeah. no different, dude. I feel like Tremont, at the start of the season, I was the one saying, and it was probably the three of us at one point, I was the guy saying, Carson Edwards is the next point guard for this team. Carson Edwards is going to be the bench scorer for this team. I released my weekly newsletter today about Carson Edwards. And I was admitting I was wrong. I was very, I'm very in, in the camp now. And if you read the newsletter, feel free. I was very in the camp now that Carson Edwards got drafted in the second round, which is probably higher than where he should have been drafted because of his March Madness performance. Whereas Tremont Waters got drafted so late because of his height. His skill level is translatable to a lottery pick. It's just the fact that he doesn't have the height to back up that skill level and you need to hide him on defense. I feel like he's an upgrade over Brad Wanamaker from, from now, from start of next season, from now, from yesterday, from two weeks ago, you know what I'm saying? He needs <laughs> to be on this roster as far as I'm concerned. We've seen what Brad Stevens can do with undersized guards. Very recently, it was some of the best memories that Celtics fans have since the title season. Mr. Isaiah oh. Thomas, you know? Poor Brad Wanamaker's out here just catching strays. <laughs> He's not doing anything wrong. I mean, there are other undersized guys they've used before, you know, like my one of my favorites, and I wish they never let him walk, Sugar Shane Larkin. I love Shane Larkin, dude. He was great. Yo, and then they then they let him walk, and he went across seas, and that's what we needed. We needed him. Oh, man. But don't you see a little bit? Okay, so I see Shane Larkin. And, and as as a little bit of tra- a, a little bit of Waters and a little bit of Edwards, he's like the, he was like the the mixture of both of them, right? Like he was a little bit taller than Waters, um, but he 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 was good on defense and he could get some shots off. He did just get an MVP overseas, didn't he? Dang. I think he did. I think he did. Let me check that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, All man. I know is I want Tremont. I feel like he's. Put the work in. His stat line out there as well was crazy, dude. Have you seen what his stat line was over 17 games in the G League? Hmm. It was 20.8 points, three rebounds, 8.1 assists, and 2.4 steals over 17 games. Court vision, bro. Like, I I, I know the, 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 the points probably reach out. It's the biggest number, right? But the assist number, yo, that's... He was two from 10... 
He's two. He was two from. Oh my gosh! His stats is almost like triple double. Well, not triple double double stats. As a point guard, guys. I know in a he, league, <laughs> in a league where nobody passes, where everybody looks for their own shot, he was still pulling eight assists. And and I'm not mad that people they play like that. Cats won against the NBA. You know what I'm saying? So I get it. But you're right. Go ahead, Tim. He so Shane Larkin, by the way, he won the Turkish League uh, title in 2019, and he also won Finals League MVP that year. So he has recently done that. He went overseas and he's been balling. I just want to say that I love him. So he's probably is it the fact that he's making more money overseas to where he doesn't want to come back to the NBA. Is that what bigger he- bigger role and I think more money. I think more money than the Celtics would have been able to give him just for a bench role. So I think it's good, and he could still come back over to the U.S. and get a better deal. But I think given the way that the Celtics cap sheet was looking and based on the guys they've been drafting, I think it made it a little bit more difficult. I think if Brad Wanamaker goes away and Shane Larkin wants a chance for a title, he could come back to the, to the NBA. But I just don't know where his mind's at because you got to make money while you can, you know. Gotcha. You know, if, if Brad Wanamaker goes away, do not bring Shane Larkin back. Give Tremont Waters time to learn the NBA because he's going to be That's also guy. fair. He's your energy guy. Yeah, and you got Carson Edwards. Carson Edwards, I promise you, will be a big shot Chauncey Billups type player. I can guarantee it, yo. He just got he takes the shots. He just has to have the confidence. Big claim. I like this. Bold. Yo, when he start knocking him, listen, I'm telling you, right now, let that boy focus on playing defense, because he's pretty good on D, right? Let him focus on playing defense and the shots will fall. Why? Because he's been doing it his whole life. And he did have great numbers in the tournament, Adam. And that could be the reason why he got drafted high. But here's the thing. We saw him perform in the Summer League. And we said, who is this? And thank goodness we have him. And then just the league started. And, and, and the nerve set in. You got bigger defenders, faster defenders, stronger defenders, just defenders, pick and rolls. You got final. It's difficult. I get it. Give him some time. I think Carson Edwards. I I love what Danny. You know, I I never knock Danny Ainge, man. It's just hard to knock that guy, except for when he don't make a trade when we feel like he needs to make a trade. But other than that, he he be on point. It's like, how can we tell him he's wrong? We're talking about how he's going to be. Like, I I kind of dove into this today when I was releasing this. The one thing that I did notice that he done well was he was really good at scoring in the NBA coming off a screen. So when he was off ball, coming off a screen into a catch and shoot position, he was also good at handling the ball as a pick and roll threat. The problem is he projected coming into the league as a catch and shoot guy, a guy that you're just going to put him, let him find his spot, feed him the ball and he's going to drain it. He's been really disappointing in that position, in that play type for both Boston and Maine. And that was where the worry is. Like, if you go to Maine and you're still not doing what you would, what you are expected to do, then that's where the problem really comes in. I mean, I'm just looking for where I put it now, but he definitely shot really poor from deep. I think it was like 28%. Yeah, 28% from 9.2 attempts per game while with Maine. I mean, that's bad. That's real bad. If you're if you're playing against G League level defenses where it's kind of just let you shoot, I shoot, you shoot, I shoot, and still only dropping 28% from deep, you're not doing yourself no favors to get a call up back into the NBA. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he did drop that 40-piece on Greensboro on a back-to-back for Maine. He did kind of 
figure out how to pull it together a little bit. He averaged 23.3 points, 5.2 rebounds, 3.4 assists and 1.8 steals in 12 appearances. So respectable numbers. The rebounds kind of shot me because he's a little undersized too. But for a guy with such, and this is, I'm not even joking here. Everyone's going to giggle now when I say this. But for a guy with legs that meaty, his shots fall short. He's not get, He doesn't seem to get his legs underneath him when he's shooting. And I said this on the last episode. I'm going to stick with it. He plays too fast for himself. He doesn't give the game time to come to him. He's constantly attacking the game. And when you do that, you make poor decisions. You rush those shots. You rush yourself to a position. And don't allow yourself to get your feet set or to survey the floor to make the correct read. And that's where his biggest issue is for me. I, I think what he's trying to do, and this is just me going off the cuff with it, is he's a smaller guy. So his natural instinct is, I have to get this ball off as fast as possible. Because the guy who's going to be defending me, if I'm running at the one or the two, I'm undersized. That guy's going to probably have at least three or four inches on me, just in terms of vertical height, not even talking wingspan. So I think what he does is he rushes to get those shots off because he thinks, oh, I'm coming in here. My goal is to hit threes because that's what I do well. That's what I did well in college. I'm going to come here and hit threes. Well, exactly. I'm getting to that. Because he's rushing these threes and because of his height and he's just – he's feeling that pressure to immediately come in and make an offensive impact because that's the role he's supposed to have. That's what he got drafted for. And he comes in not being able to do that and forcing these shots – that's where he's been struggling. And I think that's, I think right now it's a big mental thing. And I think as Adam said, I think the rest of that rest of the mechanics involved with his legs and trying to get the shot up and just rushing the shot too much, trying to get that quick draw up. It's not helping him. Yeah. For me, it's more like if you slow down and pick your spots, then you're going to be so much more comfortable when you receive the ball that your shot will effectively come quicker because you will already be in shooting motion upon receiving that basketball. What he's doing at the minute is trying to take two dribbles and pull up. And that's all well and good, but you need to have some real good confidence in your shot to be continually pulling up from probably two or three steps behind the, behind the three-point line. I would much rather in that position, he takes a few dribbles, waits for the screen, and then tries to dribble drive and dish. You know what I mean? Or dribble drive kind of do a Hayward stop and fade away, whatever you want to do, but make the defense work. Make them guys rotate to see where the gaps open up. Maybe you feed the ball off and relocate and wait for things to move around a little bit more. A lot of possessions were ending very early or very prematurely just because he was getting shots off. Part of that to me was eagerness to impress. Absolutely. I I love this kid. It's something about this kid that I really like, man. I agree with you though. I think he has to slow down a little bit, but he's a rookie and he's trying to play the role that they're giving him, right? Catch and shoot, come in, shoot. (laughs) You get the, because think about the times he gets the ball, right? And he doesn't complete the rotation of it because as soon as he gets it, he shoots it. And then there's probably another person wide open, not saying they would have a better shot, but you know how we like to pass the ball around a lot to, you know, three, four times, like like that's what the Celtics are, are starting to, are trying to do, rotate the ball so that you can have the best percentage shot. But he's so used to catching and shooting, man. That's like, that's just his thing. 
I just think it'll it'll happen, man. I just I think it'll happen. I think he has to keep shooting. You know, when I play 2K, and that's what the shows, but we playing games, and I play 2K, I'd be like, yo, 2K broke my jump shot because I'm doing the same. Sh I I got the same release. I've been I'm doing I'm releasing it the same way I've been doing it all the time, and my boys be like, yo, just keep shooting. I'm like, yeah, but I'm over 12. Keep shooting. So I think for a person like Carson Edwards, I think. We, we hope that he's developing as as far as his mentality and learning the game, learning how to read defense, learning what to do on offense. If he's playing point guard, if he's playing off ball, whatever it is he's playing, learning what to do. I think right now, I think the role that they have him in is that role that you were stating earlier. And I feel like, I mean, I hope it's not an ego thing. Um, I don't get that from him. I just think he wants to make that bucket because when he makes that bucket, then his confidence is on. And then he'll keep shooting. You get what I'm saying? Like, and then all of a sudden you'll be seeing like, like 70 foot shots go in. Like, I know it ain't that far, but you'll be seeing these shots be like, damn, he can shoot. He just got to get it to go in. So, hey man, it happens to all the best players, man. I did this game's Tatum be off games. Jalen Brown can't hit it through. I, I will never forget. The the uh the the Eastern Conference Finals and Terry Rozier built brick house like he just could not he could not hit a shot like all game. I matter I think that last game I think that was the game that um uh Tatum dunked on uh LeBron if I'm not mistaken because Tatum had a good game but Br Rozier which is who we thought and I think it was game seven Rozier could not hit a shot and I was just like oh man he was so hot. The series before, right? So hot. It just happens to these guys. And he's been in the league for a while. So um, it's just it's just hard for shooters. You know, I don't, I don't play basketball, but I like to play basketball. I just don't. I never had. I've never learned how to play basketball. So I've never played regulation ball. But I can imagine how hard it is when shooters start missing the, 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 what starts to get into their psyche. I, I, can't, I can't even imagine that. It's one of those things. Like, I mean, I never played like ridiculous level ball i played ball quite competitively in my country which isn't that competitive in your country but here it was the best we had and you miss two or three shots and that gets in your head you start questioning like i had my spots i always remember that i was my primary spot was i catch the ball on the, the elbow of the three-point line and i wanted to make it to the elbow of the two just like on the elbow of the free throw line and i was i'm money from there dude i'm money Pump fake, two two dribbles, either side's fine, predominantly the left elbow, and I'm cash. If I miss two shots from there, I don't want to go back to that spot. You know what I mean? But that's where my highest percentage shot was coming from. My coach used to chew me out. Why are you missing your spot? Why are you going down to the corner? Why are you dribbling? Stop putting it on. You know, if you're going to take it on, on the left-hand side, dribble with your left hand. Why are you crossing over to shoot right? And he used to chew me out, and it was all because I'd missed a few shots, and my confidence level had dropped straight down. Uh, why are you why are you handing the ball off when you were open? Because I don't want to shoot, coach. Coach, I missed two in a row. Coach, you blocked my last shot. I don't want to get blocked again, coach, man. But then it's that sort of mentality. Like, how am I going to kind of persevere? And that's why shooters are the type of guys that they are. They have short term memory. They take a shot. They don't even care if it goes in. Yo, it's muscle memory. They put up five, six, seven hundred shots a day. Oh. To them, it's just that same motion, which is why these guys shoot through slumps. You see, like big time scorers, dude. Um, 
Whoever you want to name, Jason Tatum will go in a six-game slump where he's just the shots just aren't falling. Clank, clank, and then he'll break out of that six-game slump and with a with a forty-piece or a thirty-piece, and that's kind of the way it has to be. It's just that Carson Edwards never got out of that shooting slump. He's just been in it all season. Yeah, I agree. I think once he breaks out of that, it'll be a different situation. But well, I know in order to do that, he's going to prove it. Right. <laughs> Getting blocked is the worst, dude. Yeah, that'll destroy you. And as a smaller guy, that's probably a big concern of his. So that's probably why he tries to get that faster. What's worse is when you're like my height, like six three, and somebody oh. your height, like five ten, blocks you. You're like, how did you even get to my height, dude? <laughs> like, <laughs> they got that vertical. Yeah, dude. I mean, I ain't got much of a. I, I don't have the, a crazy vert in that, but like, I could get up, you know. And then dude's like five ten are blocking my shot. I'm like, I need to retire, dude. I'm in the wrong spot. This is this is funny, man. Cause it's like he gets the he gets the most him him and Grant Williams probably split the most playing time as for the rookies, right? Like they they probably have the most playing time, and um, it's for he's having the most difficult time transitioning um, into the position. Whereas I sometimes Grant Williams struggles, but man, I. I just love his his freaking uh, his energy his his uh his what is it his demeanor. It's just like he's happy. He's just like he smiles. He just I just love Grant Hill. He just has this energy around him that just makes you like he's a lovable guy, and like he he goes in and he does what he has to do. Like Grant Williams does what he has to do. I think you tweeted earlier, Adam. You know which rookie do you think will you know have, which rookie this season will have a better sophomore season? I think it's Grant Williams. I think he's going to keep coming over. Why? Because we don't necessarily have like a big, big, right? We have some bigs that are that are undersized centers and things like that. The Grant, Grant Williams is, I, I don't know his numbers off the top of my head, but he's putting up solid, decent numbers. Um, he's developing a three-point shot, so he's, he's becoming a stretch big. Um, and I think that's pretty cool for, for a guy like that. And he's... It's like it's like he's not Tice, but don't you think he might have like or develop better footwork than Tice? Like no one plays like Tice. I love Tice, um, but I like this Grant Williams kid, man. And I just I, I brought that up to say that I think Carson Edwards comes into his own as long as he keeps getting the opportunities. The question is how many opportunities will he get? And will a guy like Tremont Waters come in and kind of push him down the um down the totem pole when it comes to minutes? Because Tremont, if he could come in and get the quick release and get you the big shot and also get you some assists and get the offense involved and, you know, play decent defense, that's a plus. So I, I would clone Edwards to Marcus Smart and I would clone Tremont and to Kimba Walker. That that's how I would do it. Yeah. So the thing is, Carson Edwards is con- is guaranteed for another two seasons on this roster. Oh, okay. So okay. for me, it's if you're bringing Traymont in and you think Traymont's going to give you what you were hoping Carson did, mm-hmm. do you then try and shop Carson around? The problem is Carson Edwards' draft stock on the market is so low. What are you going to get back? Are you going to uh-huh. have to couple him with somebody else because you're not going to want to keep him? And be paying him while extending like a guaranteed offer out to Tremont too. Are you, or you do for one season and see which guy prevails off that battle. 
and then kind of go from there. But at the moment, for me, Trey might show more NBA readiness than Carson. Whether or not that means he's going to have a better career, we don't know. It's only been two-thirds of the season. To make a decision based, based on Carson's ceiling this early is very unfair to the kid. What I will say is that if Tremont continues his upward trajectory, then you probably won't see Carson in green long term. And they'll probably try and look at a way of moving him or cutting him under the stretch provision or whatever they may try and do. But with the way their cap sheet is at the moment, they can't afford to have too many guys on guaranteed money that aren't putting in performances for them. I, I understand it. I'm, I'm learning... I'm learning more about the, the the way the basketball world works when it comes to that. And now I see why certain guys get shopped. Um, it would be really intriguing, um, Adam, to know if, what if they, what if they were trying to shop, what if they drafted Carson to shop him? They just need him to perform, right? Because yes, that's the thing. You can, you can shop him all you want, but the return value on it's low at the moment. That's like buying it. You know, like when you buy a car and the minute you buy a car and drive it after that, its value plummets. Correct. That's the same with a draft pick. It's always got its most value before the draft. Correct. The minute that draft pick becomes a physical entity, a player, the value plummets. And then you, you're basically relying on that player to rebuild that value that you lost by making that draft pick. So you're trying to level it out. You don't, you're trying to, if we're talking in terms of buying a car, you want to get to, positive equity so you want that player to improve to a point where the drop off from being a pick to a player kind of levels out and that's when you're going to shop them at the moment you shop him you're getting pennies on the dollar because he hasn't performed in the nba and he hasn't performed in his g league i got you i I, i'm I'm all in on that well all i can say is right now season's about to start i hope carson edwards is part of the rotation um because this could be the moment, man. This could be, he could just be a big moment guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He could, that's why I call him a big shot guy. He could be a guy that really performs well in big moments. And it's going to be a a nice little eight game run and, and then, and then a team, and then a team tournament. So this might be something that he's, he's used to. And let's see how he performs um, in the rotation going forward with the, you know, when's July 31st hits. Yeah, that's if he gets any minutes. I don't think you'll see much of him now until next season, barring an injury to one of the key guys. Okay. I think that's a good place to leave this one now, guys. We'll be back again on Sunday. Hopefully, Wayne, you're going to be here on Sunday? I think it's Father's Day, so I have to see what the family has prepared for me. Oh, it's Father's Day, yeah. It is. It is Father's Day. See how no one knows about Father's Day? But Mother's Day, the whole world knows about it. When it comes to Father, I'm just playing, y'all. I'm just saying. It is. It's Father's Day, so I may not be around for that one. You see, it's different for me because it's Father's Day here too, but when I record, it's, she's already in bed, so I'm all good. Uh, <laughs> right, because you're in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Right, guys, you'll catch us again on Sunday. Whether or not Wayne joins us, we'll find out. That can be the cliffhanger. Dun dun dun. Dun dun.